Hello and welcome to an action-packed, news-filled episode of Starside Chat. My name is Aaron, and with me, as always, is my friend Zach. Hello. It's going well. How's it going with you? It's going well. We are on the eve of Avengers Endgame. Not to date this, if you're listening to this. By the time this goes up, most of you will probably have already seen this, or you could have already seen this anyway. We're going to be doing a Starside Flicks for that, obviously, and that'll hopefully go up next week, but I'm seeing it on Saturday and you're seeing it tomorrow. You're seeing it in less than 12 hours, is that correct to say? Uh, Just about 12 hours from when we're recording right now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to an early showing on Friday morning and... Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about it, but I have been... Zach, what is your av- food strategy for this? Because you know it's three hours long. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, are you going to eat breakfast? Are you going to drink anything? I'm not going to drink anything. Yeah, You run into the danger of needing to go to the bathroom because this thing is three hours. It's over three yeah. hours. So you definitely run into the issue of you might have to stop for a bathroom break at some point if you take a drink with you. So I will not. I yeah maybe just like eat something before you go, and then I try to power through. Uh, maybe get popcorn. But the thing is, if you get popcorn, you're gonna need a drink. Yeah, it's gonna get salty. And then if you have the drink, you might have to go to the bathroom. It's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game. <laughs> Breaking down speaking the movie of, theater experience, really. Speaking of games, Zach. This is what it's all about. Should we get to some news? We should, because there's a lot to get to this week. Hot off the presses. We So we took a week off, so there's that's one of the reasons there's yeah. a ton of news. But uh, last week, there were some new details about the PS5. They didn't call it the PS5, but for all intents and purposes, the PS5 has some new details. Tell me about that, Zach. So, do you like backwards compatibility? I would say yes, although I've never been able to take advantage of it. Yeah, I would say it's good to have not necessarily a requirement, but it it should be there. And that's one thing that they did say is going to be available on PS5 because apparently the architecture for the eventual ps5 not really playstation 5 that's what we're calling it it's not officially called that yet but yeah so they it should have backwards compatibility which is a good thing we've talked about this before um (laughs) also the cpu is based on like a third generation amd ryzen line and contains eight cores of the company's new 7nm zen 2 i'm reading this off of the wired article because wired got the scoop on this Supposedly, I don't know if you also heard, this isn't in our show notes, but supposedly after this Wired article went up, they were uh, there were rumors that the next Xbox was supposed to be more powerful than this, which could just be somebody being like, oh yeah, well we got something more powerful, but supposedly it's supposed to be capable of ray tracing. That is crazy to me. Which I, I kind of have my doubts. It's a little bit like... It's using HDMI 2, which is to say, okay, well, it's capable of 8K and ray tracing and all of this. But, like, are we really going to see that in the games? I don't know, necessarily. That's really more of, well, it has technically the capability of doing that, but how practical that is. Because right now, PC graphics cards that can do ray tracing are over $1,000. 
Yeah. And this is, I, I, you know, I don't know how feasible that is for like a home console. Well, it's interesting because I just like scrolling down in this article. And I also heard some other people talk about this. It was, uh, got me excited. When we think about ray tracing, we think about visuals. It's all about light propagating from sources. But mm-hmm. uh, sound also propagates. And just like right below the text backs, it, uh, there's a quote from uh, whoever it is they were talking to. Talking about if you want, yeah, Kearney, if you, if you wanted to run tests to see if a player can hear certain audio sources or if the enemies can hear the player's footsteps, ray tracing is useful for that, he says. It's all the same thing as it takes rays through the environment. So because basically light and sound are both things that propagate and you can basically apply the same math to that, this is, I don't know, something that's more, I could like the, my immediate thought was like, oh, this is going to make an interesting stealth mechanic where like people hearing are a lot better. Like uh, enemies will react in a more, <laughs> I don't know, like I, I'm thinking of like, oh, like walking on carpet is going to be like a, a more viable strategy in a game or something like that. But it's interesting. <laughs> Ray tracing is very, very interesting to me. Also, it's going to be on an SSD. Yeah, that was another one of the big things from this. The big takeaway is that it's going to be an SSD. We don't know exactly how much space is going to be on that, but the the big thing was they showed, I think it was Spider-Man, and they showed a load time on it, and it was something like 15 seconds on a PS4 Pro, but it was down to less than a second. It was like 0.8 seconds running on this early low speed, in air quotes, version of like their dev kit for what a PS5 would be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a substantial upgrade is in terms of load times. I am pretty like the fact that it is going to have backwards compatibility, I feel like is huge because yeah. think about that. Like you won't have you'll still be able to play. You won't have to buy new versions of like God of War or there have been so many seminal games that have just come out. Like I haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. And if I get a PS5 that's not going to be an issue. I could still get Horizon Zero Dawn and play it, and it'll probably look better. Yeah, it's great. I, I played Horizon Zero Dawn. I loved it. I loved God of War. And, it's on and my it's, list. It's really great that those will carry over. Like, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, and my opinion on backwards compatibility is that it should be like it is on Steam, where any, no matter what computer you log into or what computer, like how many times you upgrade or how many computers you buy... Every time you turn on that new computer, download Steam, and log in, your entire library of everything you've bought through Steam is just there. You can download it and play it. You're good to go. But Mm. with consoles, for whatever reason, most of the time, if you buy the new console, you're just kind of throwing away the previous generation of games that you've put countless hours into unless they make it so that there's backwards compatibility. And this last generation... It was kind of a big deal between Sony and Microsoft because Sony basically had none, uh, no backwards compatibility other than their streaming service. What was, yeah. was that called? You could, PS I, Now or something like that? 
I don't remember. I tra- I checked it out because I wanted to play before they released the like PS4 version of Shadow of the Colossus. I wanted to play Shadow of the Colossus, mm-hmm. and for like three bucks, I could rent it for six hours or something. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll check this out. And then Microsoft, they eventually started adding backwards compatibility, but it was like sort of a slow. It was like a project they had to work on over time mm-hmm. to get that that library of backwards compatibility. And it's great that they did that, but like. It wasn't there at the start. You know what I mean? Like the consoles need to start offering that. What I want it to be like the next time I buy a Nintendo console or a Sony console or a Microsoft console, any digital purchase I've ever made through their store should be available to me. And I should be able to pop in the disc if I've still got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, that would and be that great. sounds like where they're heading with the PS5. So that's a good thing. Zach, it's interesting that you bring up popping in a disc because there are some consoles where you cannot do that. Yeah, so the discless Xbox One S is coming in May, so not very far away. Have you heard anyone talk positively about this? (laughs) I don't know of anyone that necessarily wants it. It's only $50 less than. Yeah, if there was a a bigger price difference, maybe. But yeah, I'm not sure who this is for four because i mean it's not an x by all accounts at e3 which is just a couple of weeks after this is launching they're gonna drop some big news about next generation so like yeah like what is this you know it's a little bit like hey you could buy this new or this new model of our old console but like a couple weeks later we're announcing our next gen console it is a weird thing. Like, I guess some people do that. They buy the previous gen when uh, they announce the, the next gen just because it's on sale. And there is, by that time, supposedly a huge library of games that they could get caught up on. But I feel like that's not core gamers. But how big is the... I was going to say, like, I guess it's a terabyte hard drive, but I don't know, man. Like, think about how many SKUs there are of Xboxes now. Yeah, there's the OG Xbox One, there's the Xbox One S, there's the Xbox One X, and now there's the discless S- Xbox One S. I can't even say it. It's like a Dr. Seuss wrote their lineup of consoles. <laughs> and it seems like at E3, they're going to announce multiple new consoles. So like, yeah, we're going to be living too. in a world where there's like 10 Xboxes, <laughs> it which is, is insane. A bit, it is a bit much. Also, the... Like, I don't know if the Xbox One S has any sort of upgrades over the OG Xbox One, but, like, I watch a decent amount of Digital Foundry videos every time, like, a new big game comes out just to see what the games run like. And almost 100% of the time, they, when it comes to those base consoles, the PS4 versus the Xbox One, the games just run better on the PS4 and the Xbox one is a little bit underpowered. And Mm. I don't know if the S made any improvements on that. I, we should maybe look it up, but it seems like you're getting like, if you want an Xbox, you want the one X, you don't want an S model. Yeah. This also like your console. My console is the only thing that can play DVDs or Blu-rays that I own. Yeah, and this is this doesn't have this capability anymore. That's true. For a long time, consoles were actually significantly better as 
sort of an entertainment hub in your uh, uh, what am I looking for? Your entertainment, entertainment center. center. Be, just because they played Blu-rays and they got updates and they were much faster. Like I've had Blu-ray players in the past, and granted, I'm sure they're much better now than they were then, but. They were awful. They were slow. They didn't get updates very quickly. And when they did, they were, they got even slower. And it's so much better to have like an actual console that gets updates all the time and they don't slow down the way like, I don't know, $800 Blu ray players do. So that's the other, like Xbox was Xbox One S or X or I don't, I can't keep track of them, but the, the good one was the only one that could play 4K DVDs or 4K Blu-rays or whatever, like the oh, next yeah. level up. Yeah. Which this, I'm, I don't know, like I've never owned a DVD player or a Blu-ray player, except for consoles. The concept of the Xbox One, the reason why they even called it the one in the first place was that it was the one device that you needed in your entertainment center because it mm-hmm. did everything. It played Blu-rays, it played DVDs, it played, you know, you could stream stuff on it you could plug your cable service into the back of it and like use your remote to access your tv channels like it was supposed to be the one device you need and then now they've done away with the disc which is Mm -hmm. them taking the approach that there are people who don't use physical media anymore and we can just do away with that altogether i guess some people are there maybe not everybody but now if know, you man. buy this you're not necessarily getting the one device you need anymore because you pr- that's true presumably you have dvds and blu-rays laying around that you might want to use and you can't with this thing it's not like you can put blu-rays into a switch unfortunately but there is some switch info so why don't you tell me about that this is so i actually didn't know about this because last i heard the rumor was Nintendo is putting out a low-cost Switch and a high-cost Switch, but now it seems like it's only going to be the low-cost Switch, and it's going to be dockable. I also saw something today that isn't on our show notes that it's not going to be unveiled at E3, which seems insane to me. Why wouldn't they unveil it at E3? Yeah. <laughs> it is a weird but thing. There, it's weird. There, There's a low-cost Switch that... I would assume doesn't ship with a dock. Was that just rumor? I, or? I don't know. There's all these things rolling around like, oh, it's not going to have detach- detachable Joy-Cons and the screen's yeah. going to be lower res, which seems insane. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know what to think anymore. But yeah, it's this is supposed to arrive in June, like presumably a little bit after E3. And, they have but, to announce this at E3, right? I mean, there's no way they don't. You would think so. But the the uh, news that came with this was that they are not unveiling a more beefed up, bigger, more powerful Switch. That, and everyone thought that the low-cost Switch and a like pro version of the Switch was going to be sort of hand-in-hand announced at E3 this year. Yeah. And supposedly that's not going to be the case. Very weird, Nintendo. Nintendo is always just like their own worst enemy, I feel like. (laughs) It's true. And especially since Microsoft is going to probably announce the next Xbox and Sony was trying to get ahead of the leaks with the PlayStation 5. Actually, I meant to mention in our uh, PS5 details talk they 
Presumably the reason why they did this Wired article was they were sending out dev kits to developers and they were like, this is for sure going to leak. So we're just going to get out ahead of that. (laughs) Uh, So they just basically leaked it themselves by doing an article with Wired, even though they didn't they couldn't show it. So they, they weren't ready to go that far. But uh, they also did it before E3 because they're not going to be at E3. Right. And they did it before Microsoft unveiled the next Xbox. And, uh, yeah, apparently Nintendo is not going to show off a more powerful Switch. So maybe that's coming next year? Presumably if they announce this low-cost Switch, you said it's supposed to arrive in June? Yeah, according to this Engadget article... The low power or not low power, the low cost switch model is supposed to arrive in June just after E3. It's interesting. They just uh, released functionality to like transfer saves from the switch with like the latest update. Oh, really? So that's probably like for this very reason, like you can transfer yeah, I can see something that. like your Breath of the Wild save file or something onto this like maybe more portable. What if it folds in some way? Speaking of foldables, what do you think of that uh, Samsung foldable phone that... Yeah, that crashed and burned, did, didn't it? Did not go well for them. What a crazy... They don't have a lot of luck releasing products. <laughs> they're, well, they're having some trouble. I will say, I, I still think that's probably the future the, the it, they may just be a little bit of ahead of the times you know they're just mm-hmm. a, it's not quite ready yet and that's why they did have to delay it i don't know if it's actually coming out this year or not because they sent out review units and those review units uh all basically all failed <laughs> they all broke <laughs> and so they they've decided to hold off on releasing that so i don't know but yeah, I, I have my doubts that Nintendo is going to make a foldable version of the Switch anytime well, soon. Well, I'm not talking about the screen, but like, what if it's like a DS where it like unfolds, the screen is on one thing, and well, I guess since it has Joy-Cons, it can't really do that. I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to think like, what form factor? That's I think like it's why just going to be always... a smaller version of the Switch. Oh, really? I feel like it won't uh, those be Those Joy-Cons are already pretty small, though. Yeah, like smaller, I don't, not substantially. Like, I don't think it's going to be very different from the current model Switch. It's just that the Joy-Cons won't detach. That's my impression. Like, what if it's like a Game Boy SP, but the bottom of it, I mean, that would be crazy, though. It would be crazy. (laughs) Uh, They have nailed hinge technology with their 3DSs, you know? Yeah. Ooh, what if it's a 3D Switch with their 3D proprietary screen technology? I feel like that didn't go very well for them. Maybe I'm just projecting my opinion on what the 3DS was, <laughs> but I feel like most people got a 3DS and they were like, oh, this is interesting. Kind of gives me a headache. I'm just going to turn it off and use this like a 2D <laughs> DS. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I don't know. And how do you do Like when you dock that, how do, what do you do with the 3D then? Ooh, super good point. I didn't think about that. But there's more Nintendo news because Mario Kart Tour is getting a closed beta test on Android from May 22nd to June 4th, the official launch is supposed to be sometime summer 2019, which they also said was the release window for Dr. Mario World, which is also uh, an Android and iOS game. So uh, I guess Mario Kart Tour has just sort of been 
delayed for a super long time, but you can actually sign up for this beta test, which I think it's because it's a closed beta. I guess you have to just get uh, you have to kind of sign up for it and get approved or have them send it to you, I guess. Yeah, I was unclear on this because it seems like if you sign up, there is nothing stopping you like I, I everybody should sign up, sign up because I don't think there's going to be anything. I don't think you're going to sign up and not be able to get access to this. Yeah, it was unclear to me as well. It, it sounded like they were just going to let a certain number of people in on it, kind of maybe Elder Scrolls Blade style, where you just sort of wait for your time to come. Yeah, um, they just put it out in waves. Yeah, that sort of thing. So you probably will get in if you sign up for it. We'll have a link to to where you can sign up for it in the show notes, but uh, any interest in that at all? Not really. Like... Uh, Mario Run, I think I maybe would have bought if it didn't need an internet connection, because pretty much the only times I play games on my phones are when I don't have an internet connection. Oh, really? Because I feel like I always have an internet connection on my phone. But, like, if I get bored on an airplane, or... I'm trying to think of situations where I don't just look at the internet. I mean, you know what I'm thinking of, is back at our old job. Yeah, that's true. I'd be in the back of that truck, and I would not have any internet, and then I'm not going to do my job. I'm (laughs) going to look at my phone. And the only thing I can do is, like, play games on my phone. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I mean, I think I would play this. I did play a good amount of Super Mario Run, and I also liked the Fire Emblem game that they uh, released. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, I I mean, I would play this. I did sign up for the beta, so we'll see if I get in. And if I do, do get in, I mean, it's a mobile version of Mario Kart. I don't know. It'll probably be like Super Mario Run, where you don't have to tell them to run or go forward. It just goes, and then you steer and fire off. Do you steer with your phone's gyros, or do you steer with your thumb? Maybe both. Maybe they have both options. You just go into the settings and enable one or the other. Yeah, that could be. So you're thinking third person? Yeah, I mean, it'll look like Mario Kart. At this point, mobile is really good at racing games. That's maybe one of the few genres that mobile, like Android, iOS games are actually good at is racing Mm -hmm. games. So like, if you've ever played any of the Asphalt games... Those games look as good as a console racing game, and they play very well as well. You can use the gyro to steer. You you can disable that and just have on-screen buttons. But it's, racing games are super simple as far as, like, the button, like, the inputs you need in order to pull that off. So I have no doubt that this is going to work and be simple and not be problematic as far as controls go so i don't know i I feel like it'll be fine yeah i will wait for your impressions before i get in on it yeah if i get into the beta test i will try to record some video and we'll talk about it zach there was a surprise i'm gonna call it a nintendo direct but it was mainly a smash direct two weeks ago and they were just like hey guess what in like less than 12 hours, uh, Joker's coming out. And here's all these other stuff. Also, you can make your own worlds in uh, Smash. And uh, they did it. They they released a new combatant. Yeah, Joker is finally available. So this is already live by, by this point, we should say. A little bit of Mario Maker 
because you can create your own stage and share yeah, it. Yeah, you can, you can share it. There's like a place where you can see other people's. Yeah, and there's like, you can record video and share it. It's like, they're kind of turning it into some sort of social <laughs> experience. And that ties into the Nintendo mobile app, which previously people only used to chat with other Splatoon players. But now I guess you can <laughs> use it to share gameplay videos or maps that you've created so do you have the battle pass or whatever it's called do you have joker i have not bought it so no not yet i would like to also have not bought it zach i would like to because i love persona 5 and joker i was super looking forward to joker i also haven't had a lot of time lately for playing games so that's part of the reason why i've been putting it off but Also, I don't know. I don't play Smash online, so I'm not, like, super into the competitive scene, and I just kind of play Mm. Smash every once in a while for fun. And so it's not like I'm not feeling called to, like, spend extra money on this game (laughs) yet. Yeah, until something really knocks my socks off. Like, I'm still hoping for the Doom Slayer to be one of them. But even what was that other rumor was... uh, Steve from Minecraft was going to be playable. And that is also something that's interesting to me. But I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of affinity for Persona 5, so it didn't really... Well, that's a shame because they did nail, like, the Ultimate Smash. It looks like... I forget the name of the move in Persona 5, but basically, if you do enough damage to an enemy in that game, you have the option to do this sort of ultimate move where you basically will kill them in one shot, and it does this really cool sort of animation involved with that, and it looks exactly the same in Smash when you pull the ultimate Smash, and then if you win as Joker, the victory screen at the very end does the exact same animation that it does in Persona 5. So it, like, (laughs) when I was watching this uh, Nintendo Direct, for a second there I was like, wait, is this just Persona 5? But then then the little (laughs) cards that came up with the the game stats showed, like, the Super Smash Brothers stuff, and I was like, oh, they just, like, knocked it out of the park as far as pulling uh, the feel of Persona 5 into Super Smash Brothers, and that was awesome to me. And then... They announced a Battle Royale Persona 5 game? Yeah, so I was going to say, it's a good time. If you haven't played Persona 5 yet, and you're seeing all this Smash stuff, and you're like, it looks kind of cool to me, a couple of things here with Persona 5. One, they are making a Persona 5 Royal, I think is what it's called, which is sort of an enhanced version of Persona 5 that I believe is coming out next year. I don't know why we're waiting so long on that, but... For Switch? Unfortunately, no. It looks like that's just going to be for PS4, but there is something coming to Nintendo Switch and PS4, and it's a, a Persona 5 game called Persona 5 Scramble, which I believe people are saying is basically in one of those action RPGs, sort of a Dynasty Warriors, or um, what was the Zelda one that they, the Hyrule Warriors that yeah, they did? Just it's Dynasty it's Warriors. one of those. Yeah, it's basically that style of game, which not everyone is into. I, I've never played one of them, so I don't know for sure, but. Uh, this seems like not what people wanted. People wanted uh, Persona 5 to come to Switch, and instead we're getting this other style game. 
I don't remember what website it was. It might have been Game Informer or Kotaku, but the the headline I read was a Persona games coming to Switch. You're not going to like it. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Everybody wanted Persona 5 to get ported to Switch. And honestly, I would have bought it again and I would have played it again. <laughs> I never finished Persona <laughs> 5 on PS4. I made it a long ways and I keep meaning to pick up my playthrough where I left off. And I just haven't gotten around to it. But having it mobile on Switch means I probably definitely would. So I really want to finish the game or and I would love to be able to play it on Switch. But unfortunately it's not going to happen we're not getting it i was hoping if anything that persona 5 royal the enhanced version of persona 5 would just come to switch but evidently that's not in the cards so so we since we took a week off we were not podcasting during star wars celebration but that did happen and we got two trailers out of that which i think we should talk about versus the game Fallen Order. Did you watch the trailer for this? Star Wars? I did. I watched the live stream of them unveiling it. And I was kind of like, other than the trailer, I found it very underwhelming, the uh, actual live stream. I watched a little bit of that, too, because they brought out like the main actor who seems fine. Uh, and they were just talk. I skipped through most of it, really, to, to get to the trailer because I did not care about all the yeah. hints they're dropping about like, well, uh, it's going to be an interesting time for this guy. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, do you see a lot of gameplay? I guess it's been a while since I've seen it now. Since I don't see bit. any gameplay. It seems yeah. entirely cinematic to me. That was my impression as well. It, it looks mainly like they're just showing off cinematics and stuff. I will say the story seems pretty interesting as far as, like, this is the kind of story I expected Disney to be making with their their side Star Wars movies, like, not the main mm-hmm. series Star Wars movies, but their side stories. I thought they were going to do stuff like this. Instead, they're taking more safe route. They're not introducing new characters. They're talking about characters that we've already seen before, like Han Solo. I guess there were new characters in Rogue One, but that was like a story that people were expecting just because it had been rumored for a long time. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like they could have made this a movie and it would have been more interesting than anything they've made yet. But yeah, but then you wouldn't get to play it like true. what if God of War had been a movie? I basically was, but you did get I to mean, play it. Was. it. <laughs> We got to play it, exactly. It's true. I I am definitely looking forward to actually being able to play it. I think I will play. I want to see gameplay. I want to know exactly what's going on with it. Uh, this I is, bet it's going to be like a Nathan Drake game, but in the Star Wars. Like, I bet it's going to be super cinematic. I think it will be also. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that because that Star Wars 1313 was supposed to be Uncharted Star Wars and then they canceled it and <laughs> so now there's this game. But yeah, it just I don't know if we're going based solely on the fact that they said this was a single player only story game. There's no multiplayer and also it was the trailer for it was very cinematic that maybe we're just expecting it to be a sort of story-driven cinematic thing. But I, I don't know if it's an RPG. I don't know any of the extra details that go along with that. Do- I think it is an RPG, but okay. uh, I guess I don't know. I think it's 
It's going to be, you know what? I heard a rumor that it was going to be almost like Dark Souls in some ways. Like it's going to be very deliberate combat. Hmm. Like challenging or just like. Yes. Challenging like hack and slash style combat. That would not be what I would have expected from Respawn. Me neither. Which, But who knows? That was just a rumor I heard. Yeah, and the other thing, the other interesting piece about it is uh, this is Respawn Entertainment, this is EA, but it is not Frostbite? Yes. The EA has taken a ton of flack for Frostbite lately, and Respawn has made Apex Legends, which is not on Frostbite, and now they're making this game, which seems to go against everything EA has sort of stood for the last few years. <laughs> it's not Frostbite. It's not multiplayer. It's no loot boxes. There's no loot boxes, just single player story. This is anti everything we've been hearing from EA for a long time. So maybe this is like the new EA. I mean, they've been on this apology tour for what seems like years where they're just like, Hey, uh, no more loot boxes. I, this been, doesn't have microtransactions. Yeah, it's been since Battlefront 2. Um, yeah. And maybe that's why this game. But the thing is, they also canceled 1313. They they canceled some other game, didn't they? There was another Star Wars game that they canceled. Yeah, and we never really got to hear like why that was happening. Well, from the sound of it, those cancellations were because they were single player story driven games and they wanted online multiplayer games that people would return to and continue playing after the end of the Mm -hmm. story. So I don't know. Again, the fact that this is a single player story driven game that doesn't have multiplayer, it's anti everything EA has stood for. So positive step forward, I guess. I think so too. I'm looking forward to seeing more. We'll probably see game. I would hope we'll see gameplay at E3. I would imagine, yeah, we will be seeing some gameplay at E3. What did you think of the Rise of Skywalker reveal trailer? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm not super invested in this set of movies, so Mm -hmm. I kind of didn't care that much, but what was your impression? Uh, it You know what's crazy is I kind of like the trailer for... Last Jedi better, even though I ended up not really liking that movie. Just like the way that, that trailer happened, like there was a a shot of like the back of Leia, and there's like a little flute that happens, and I always remember that part of that trailer. Uh, and I went back and watched it, and I I really like the trailer for Last Jedi, even though the the movie ended up not being as great, but. I mean, this seemed fine. Um, I don't know that it used music as effectively as the Last Jedi trailer did. It was a good um, trailer. I'll give you that. I didn't like Last Jedi either, but it was a pretty good trailer. And I mean, the movie looked good. It was well shot. The effects were good. It just was not a good movie. Yeah. So I don't know what I think about this one. Uh, I guess I'm pro. I'm pro Lando being in it um I, i'm not and it seems I'm not but only because i think he's gonna die like they only bring these characters Ooh. back to kill them i want him to yeah that would be a big bummer actually if he died i kind of just uh, i'm at the point where i'm like don't don't bring back lando because you'll just kill him what do you think about uh palpatine being in this because he definitely is yeah 
I mean, on the one hand, I'm like, it's that's stupid. But on the other hand, <laughs> I think people are excited about it. I think it, on the one hand, it's interesting, right? Because we've seen Force Ghosts before, but they've always been good guys. So why wouldn't there be bad guy Sith Ghosts? And Palpatine's really the only person that's been in every single movie, right? Because he was throughout the entire first, like, episode one, two, three, he was just, like, chilling out in the background being like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, like, bad stuff happened? <laughs> and then uh, Skywalker would be like, oh, maybe it is a good idea if bad stuff happened. And then in uh, 4, 5, 6, he was the Emperor, and he would just, like, show up in holograms. And now, I guess he wasn't in 7 and 8, but now he'll be in 9. But So he has the longest run, basically, because Vader's not in it anymore, of a uh, movie. He's, like, kind of been behind the scenes for everything. It's true, and I, I think that the title, The Rise of Skywalker, is J.J. Abrams and Lucasfilm trying to extend an olive branch to all the fans that were pissed off about Last Jedi, <laughs> because they brought back all our old heroes, like our childhood heroes, to be sad old failures that were super grumpy and then just like killed them off. Bef- like, it, it, Here's a new mess that you semi-created and now you're not going to get to see the resolution to it which feels like them doing those characters really poorly um yeah and also people were just like overall hated the way they portrayed luke in last jedi and then to kill him off and also like carrie fisher's not around anymore she can't like she's not available to be sort of the centerpiece of this movie. So mm-hmm. either they are going to be fairly aggressive with the force ghosts in this one, because also they killed off um, Snoke, which nobody was ready to have happen because they wanted to know more about that character. And so they had to bring back some big Betty. And so I guess it's Sith force ghost Palpatine. And well, so there's also in the lore, uh, I think he has like cloned himself a bunch of times. Like there are robots that are Palpatine just like in the world based on games. Oh, so it could be actual Palpatine and not ghost form Palpatine. I don't know what I'm talking about about this, but I think I saw a screenshot from a game where there's this really cool looking red robed figure whose face is just a TV screen that has Palpatine's face on well, it. Well, which game and, I, and from what year? Because they, because Disney I don't know. did like they basically cut out all the expanded universe when they bought the rights to this. I don't know, like I don't know, I don't know how he'll come back. Uh, but maybe he's a clone. Maybe here's what about this? What if Snoke was like another clone of Palpatine? What if Palpatine has just been popping out clones like nonstop, and Snoke was like a super messed up version? Or whatever. I don't actually have no idea. But uh, I mean, again, I don't know. this is like this is interesting. But this is them having to basically retcon a lot of the choices that were made for Last Jedi, and that a lot of the fans reacted very negatively to over the last movie. And so, yeah, the Rise of Skywalker. Maybe they're saying Luke has an important role to play. Because I mean, what do you do? The main series Star Wars movies from George Lucas have always been the Skywalker story. This is like family lineage. This started with Mm -hmm. Anakin. It was then Luke's story. And then they just kind of like 
cut everybody out for this part of it, which is supposedly a continuation of that storyline. And so either they're bringing back Luke because they realized, oh, we kind of messed this up a little bit (laughs) because we just cut out the main character, like the main family from this uh, storyline. And this was their storyline and we're not doing anything with them. So they either had to bring him back to do more with him for this movie or maybe they're saying Ray is somehow related to the Skywalkers. I don't know. I would be into that. Um, I mean, everybody would be into her being somebody. <laughs> That's the, the the whole like decision to make her nobody anti what Star Wars is, to be honest. Like a yeah. lot of people dug that, that, you know, anybody could be force sensitive and force powerful. It's not just about that one family. But like to an extent, that was what Star Wars was. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's whatever. I kind of don't care that much. Like, I uh, I was fine with The Force Awakens. It was basically a remake of A New Hope. It was it was what the new Creed movie was for Rocky, the Rocky franchise. Mm. It was basically a remake of that first movie, but you yeah. introduced new characters that were likable, they were interesting, and you had this passing of the torch with characters from the first movie. And you were like, okay, now let's see where it goes from here. It's fine. You remade that first movie. You know, you can say what you want about that decision to do that. But, like, let's take it in a new interesting direction. And they kind of, in my opinion anyway, they really bungled it with Last Jedi and didn't really do anything particularly interesting with it. It was sort of wheel spinning. They bungled it. By not having an overarching plan. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's insane to me. <laughs> that boggles They were just my like, mind. do whatever you want. They literally brought in JJ to set up characters and then said, all right, we're going to bring in a new director to do whatever he wants. And like, that's not how you tell a story. Like, you prepare an arc for your characters and you have a plan. That's why the, the Marvel movies are doing so well is there's a sort of creative force behind all of them. And Kevin a decade Feige. of planning. Yeah, exactly. Who has mapped out this whole series. And so you can like, there are inconsistencies in there. Sure. But like he's planned this all out. And so it makes sense from like point A to point B, how people got to where they are. And with Star Wars, it was literally just Mad Libs or, you know, why don't why, <laughs> why don't you start this sentence and we'll give it to some random other person and he can finish the sentence for you. And then we'll bring somebody else in to start a new sentence or, you know, a, the third part of the sentence. It's just like that's not how you tell a story. That's not a good way to tell a story because uh, Finn the the actor John Boyega I like John Boyega a lot. Um, what was that movie? Attack the Block was the first movie. Yeah, we saw that was me. great. Yeah, that was great. That was a really fun movie. Um, so I wanted to like Finn a lot, but they did nothing with that character. Yeah, he didn't really have a. I mean, he was sort of just like running around all Last Jedi, not really accomplish. I mean, he didn't accomplish anything at the end of the day. Well, and so my main beef with it is also like. And this is probably what so many critics were like, this is good because it subverts expectation or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's all well and good. But like, is it good? And like the subversion that they did. And the answer is no, because you've got 
these heroes who are not allowed to be heroes, they're not allowed to rebel, which is what Star Wars is. It's rebels rebelling. And it's not consistent with the Disney vision of Star Wars because the whole point of Last Jedi was Poe Dameron, don't rebel, just blindly follow authority. And you will get people killed if you don't just blindly follow authority. So you need to learn this lesson, which in the current political climate is not necessarily a message that's going to resonate with a lot of people. But yeah, but also the idea that in Rogue One, you have Jen Erso and she butts heads with the leaders of the resistance and she tells them this plan, like, we got to do this thing. And they're like, no, we're not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> and she, what does she do? She doesn't just blindly follow their lead. She does her own thing. She rebels against the resistance. And, of course, they die, but they complete their mission. Like, that's what Star Wars is. That's rebels, you know, doing, like, the mission that they know is right and completing it. And for whatever reason in Last Jedi, they just weren't allowed to do that, I guess. It was a misstep, to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have so, That's the most polite way to say I it. I have so many problems with it, and I we should probably not... We'll be at this for hours if we get into it too deep, so maybe we should just move on. But are you going to go see this? Um... Yeah, I probably will. Maybe not opening night. Like, it's not going to be a mad dash to the theater like it is with Endgame. Like, I read that theaters are having are staying open for like 48 hours straight to just keep pumping out showings. This is going to be the biggest opening ever for Endgame. Yeah, for sure. And with like, with this, I could probably wait like a week or two and not really care. Like, I don't really, I mean, I don't know if there will be big spoilers about it, Uh I don't know. I might see it the weekend it opens, but I'm not going to like unless the next couple trailers really blow it out of the water for me. Uh, I'm probably going to hold off and wait until it gets less busy. Yeah, I I don't know what because I like movies. I like keeping up on this the discussion about movies and like being in on that conversation. So typically if there's a big movie coming out that I know is like a big pop culture thing, I want to go to it. But I might not go to this or I might like, like I'll probably see it eventually, but I'm definitely not going right away. So I don't know. I will say I like a JJ Abrams joint as it were. Yeah. I mean, I, I like think he makes a, as well. a decent movie like that. That Star Trek he made is still just like, man, even like the opening sequence of that is so good. I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast, but like that opening sequence, I was like, Oh, I'll watch this with commentary on. It'll be so good. And I, I I had to switch it back to movie audio when, like, uh, the main theme came up, when, like, you see the ship kind of twisting away and the smaller ships going away from it, and then it gets really heavy and the Star Wars logo came up. It was just, like, he does music and just, like, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's so good. I have to, I have to listen to that score. It's such yeah, a good score. It is a good score. I, I like J.J. Abrams as well. I think he's maybe a little underrated because there are a lot of people who I guess don't like JJ for whatever reason, or they like, I don't know, talk down about his movies, but I think he's, he's very similar to Spielberg to me. Yeah. And super eight was great. I like Spielberg a lot. So, but that's, that's star Wars. And I don't want to necessarily spend the next, uh, however long on this. Cause we got more stuff to get to. So 
Yeah. Tell me about the live action Minecraft movie. It's happening. It's live action for some reason. It's coming out in 2022. Do you know what could this mean? Anything about this? Nothing. I just know that it's happening in 2022 and it's live action and it's Minecraft. How like, can that be? I, I don't know. Is it going to be? What if this? What if it's just inspired by Minecraft? Well, and I it's guess. It's no cubes. So here's the thing live at like they've been playing fast and loose with live action in the Disney movies, the remakes of like the Disney classics, like the jungle book was live action, which Mm. was one live actor on like a green screen. And they called that live action. So do you think this is something like that? What if it is a battleship type scenario? What would that mean? Like, remember that movie Battleship they I made? I never saw it, but I, I remember it, yeah. What if it's just inspired by the events of Minecraft? I mean, what events? What if a, a guy just, like, wakes up in a world and <laughs> finds some pigs and sheep and... Uh, starts crafting? Starts crafting. <laughs> I mean, suppose there is a story that, uh, like, for Minecraft, right? There's a Minecraft story mode, but I have not been in that, really. I mean, if you just start up minecraft there's not really a lot of uh direction you just start building yeah which is why a lot of it is the discovery i don't really i mean i guess the lego movie is a good movie and that was based on blocks there's not really a story there so i guess maybe they can make it work if they've got live action though yeah that's still boggling my mind a little bit i think it probably will be an animated thing that just has like some live action elements to it is that guy have a declaration to make okay uh i didn't put this in our show notes but this week the villagers and pillagers update came to minecraft minecraft has been getting updates regularly all these years like there was an aquatic update there's just been a number of updates since i stopped playing it and i've decided that I'm going to try to get back into Minecraft with this new update and I will record footage of myself playing it and then we will talk about it and I will talk about the changes that have come to Minecraft since I played like, uh, I want to say like f- four years ago. I'd be very curious about that because I have never played Minecraft and oh, man, it was so good. I back know in the day. how into it you were a long time ago. And I I am aware of the of the fact that there have been so many updates to Minecraft over the years. And I'm kind of curious about how far it's come in all of that time. This is my declaration. I'm gonna start playing more Minecraft and I will catalog my journeys. Catalog isn't the right word. I will uh I'll learn all about it and I will report back. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Yeah, we should. I want to do more videos uh, once the summer gets here. So it'd be good to do that. Do you care about Halo? Mm, only so-so. There's going to be a TV series about Halo on a premium network, I want to say. But uh, looking at this, I'm not entirely sure where it is going to end up. Maybe Netflix? Um, oh, Showtime. Showtime. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, no, wait, I have Showtime. Good. Um, How do you have Showtime? I have Showtime because since I have that student thing, I have Hulu, oh, Showtime, yeah. and Spotify all for just $5 a month. I forgot about that. And I've never used Showtime. Now but you got a reason. Now I got a reason. They are finally making this Halo movie that they've talked about for so long, and they've cast Halo himself. The Grandmaster uh, Halo. A guy named Pablo Schreiber who I 
have never heard of. Is this uh, a brother or distant relative to Leave Schreiber? I don't know. He kind of looks like him, I guess. Probably is. This is going to be interesting because I guess Master Chief is going to take his head off or his mask or whatever, <laughs> helmet, because I, like a long time ago, was interested in the lore of Halo. And one time I did a deep dive on like wikis about where Master Chief came from. And his origin is pretty interesting if they stick to it. Basically, the army was going around finding children that they thought would be good for this like Spartan program. When they found a child they liked, they would just make a like a Flash clone of that child and then replace the child and take the child away. And the Flash clone would like die within a month. So he's taken from his family and they are there are a bunch of crazy things they do to make you into a Spartan, which is basically like a nine foot tall tank of a person. I would imagine this is going to be his origin, but I'm not sure. I don't know who's going to play Cortana or if there is going to be a Cortana. When did uh, did Cortana not was she there from the beginning? Yes, I want to say that she was. She went insane at one point in one of the games. And now I don't know that she's in it anymore. But uh I'm interested in this. I Yeah, I'm pretty interested in this, I have to say. I used to love playing Halo. And let's talk about this. Halo's coming to Steam, that Halo collection or whatever. Oh, right. That's something I might check out. Yeah. And then, like, almost definitely, we're going to get some Halo Infinite news at E3. So this is, like, in the long line. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy, this Pablo man, shows up on stage at, e th- at uh, Xbox's press conference and they, like, do a whole... E3 or a whole Halo like 15 minute chunk. I bet you're right actually. I can see them doing that and I'm interested to find out more about the game. I don't necessarily like I don't see myself subscribing to Showtime in order to watch this but uh, it's going to be a space epic though. Not on the same scale as The Expanse but it's going to be something where there's like space marines you know. I know. I'm interested in the story i would watch this it's the idea that i would have to subscribe to a different service yeah. in order to, it's <laughs> not nothing against halo it is literally just the the showtime aspect of it that is keeping me from yeah. wanting to watch this but yeah i played uh, halo 2 3 and reach and i liked them uh i thought the story was kind of interesting but also i didn't really understand it all that well yeah i don't know anything about the story so uh i mean i would watch this it literally is just the showtime thing that's keeping me from uh (laughs) really being super excited about this but i'm interested in infinite because i'm curious whether that's going to end up being sort of a destiny style game what if man i'm so fascinated by what that could be i just want to find out what it is mainly I'm curious with the plans they have in store for it. So, Speaking of plans being in store for things, we've had a lot of good segues this show, but uh pat myself on the back. Tell me about Anthem, Zach. Is it good now? It is in the process of getting there. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> there, there was a big update, and it's now possible. It's a lot of quality of life stuff. So they're, they're still in the process of doing that. So you can access contracts uh from the mission select screen uh, without having to run around and collect them from in the hub area um you can also access the forge so th- this is the thing that people wanted from basically the launch of the game to be able to go into your inventory and swap out uh weapons and uh components and stuff like that while you're out in a mission 
this is like in destiny being able to pull up the menu and swap out a weapon that that just wasn't a thing that you could do previously what um it's stuff like that it's all kinds of like simple fixes that should have been there a long time ago also more bug fixes balance changes new masterwork components have been added um the big news well so there's also a new um strike is that the right word stronghold, stronghold is the word there's a new stronghold i haven't played it yet i want to i've been meaning to jump back in and play some more i just have been too busy lately but yeah there's a new stronghold they they had this whole roadmap planned out they did push it back so this is the the division one thing that happened where they had all these plans and they had to sort of push them back and they're like you know what we're going to concentrate on fixes and balance changes and uh quality of life improvements and then once we've gotten that stuff sort of ironed out more then we're going to get back to our roadmap as planned and just start you know adding more content to it which i think is probably the right decision overall i mean what do you do so uh yeah this reminded me a lot when i saw this i was like oh this is exactly what happened to the first division game you just kind of have to at some point you go through that period where you're like well we have this whole roadmap of more content so they're basically they're putting off the first cataclysm which i believe was scheduled for may uh don't quote me on that but yeah they're they're gonna concentrate on bug fixes and quality of life improvements and so that cataclysm is being pushed back but there is a new stronghold so there's that are you gonna check it out yeah for sure i definitely want to i i don't know when i'm gonna have time for it uh i've schedule's been kind of too busy lately but I definitely want to. I would like to record gameplay of it and maybe put up a, a video on it. So maybe we'll I'll get around to that this weekend, but no promises. Well, there's a lot of other things to get along to this weekend because there's a bunch of new releases. Yeah, this is a, a thing that I thought would be fun to do each week is a, maybe a new segment where we just announce the releases for the week so that maybe we're like doing a better job of keeping up on what's coming out because i feel like a lot of stuff comes out and we just kind of miss it because we forgot to talk about it um Mm -hmm. i don't have a lot to necessarily say about these but i just wanted to get them out there and acknowledge them so steam world quest hands a hand of gilgamesh is out on switch already by the time this comes out i guess all of these will be out the day this goes up so um there's that have you seen any gameplay i know um game informer put up a video I watched a little bit of that video. It's like Slay the Spire almost, but with more, instead of being a roguelike, it's an RPG kind of. Yeah, it seemed to me it was a little bit like uh, an old classic RPG style game, but mixed with the card based games, kind of like a, what is that, Hearthstone? Yeah, you're building a deck. Yeah, you're building a deck, and when you get into combat, it um you're using the cards to do all your attacks so and it's interesting i don't know that i would play it but i did like steam world dig 2 a lot that was one of my top games of the year it came out so this is the same universe right yeah so it's the same universe i like the art style of it a lot i'll say that much for it uh next up box boy and box girl is also coming out on switch 
Days Gone is coming out on PS4, and Super Meat Boy Forever is coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, iOS, and Android. Uh, everything. So literally everything, uh, except your refrigerator. Uh, the the big <laughs> one here is Days Gone, and neither of us have any interest in it. I snore. Yeah, I I saw. I looked it up because I think reviews have been going up for this, and it's fairly mixed, which I think we had expected. So. Yeah, this is not exciting to me. I'm sorry to say because I'm sure a lot of people worked very hard on it, but just like I don't know. I think I'm just I, I think I'm just I, burned out on zombie games. Is really what it comes down to. I think Game Informer they did that like rapid fire thing when the, uh, Days Gone was their cover, and one of the questions was like, "What do you say to people who say that they're burned out on zombie games as a whole?" And the developer looked shocked by that and was <laughs> like, "Uh." No, I don't think those people exist. And I'm right here. Uh, they do here exist. Here I am. <laughs> uh, that's funny to me. I didn't watch that video, but that's kind of funny. Uh, anyway, should we talk about what we've been playing and watching? Zach, you are big into Game of Thrones. I have not watched an episode of it ever. Uh, I know that it is good i guess but uh i'm so excited it's such a good time for like shows and stuff right now and game of thrones the last season so you, it's very exciting first two episodes have already aired i'm very excited about the next episode because it's uh spoilers for what's coming up it's a big battle episode it's going to be very cool and it's it happens to be coming out the same weekend as Avengers Endgame, so everybody's going crazy this weekend. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, the first two episodes have been good. Uh, some small character moments have been happening. This has been the first two episodes have been the calm before the storm. So it's they've got four episodes left, and it's all got to go down. So characters, I am assuming, are going to start dying, and that's a little bit scary, but. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see uh, what happens and how it gets resolved. Also, I'm watching What We Do in the Shadows, which I think there are five episodes in now. Have you been keeping up with I this? I have watched, yes, I da- I legally watched uh, <laughs> the first four episodes, and I like it a lot. Do you, can you guess what my favorite scene was? In the first four episodes. Have they done four or five, or is it just four? And I'm going crazy. I don't remember. Um, your favorite? There was a a line that should have made you sit bolt right up in your chair and point at the screen and say, Aaron would love this. I don't, I can't think of it. It's when they're having that battle in the office and they talk about hackers. Oh yeah, I I did do that actually. When that (laughs) happened, I did literally, I was like, Capo's going to love this. (laughs) I thought about texting you and then I didn't because I think I was busy, but I, that did But yeah, it's great. But uh, I've been loving plug it. for our YouTube channel. Go check out our discussion about hackers because we did do a uh, star side flicks about that movie. We did. But yeah, I'm I I'm enjoying the show quite a bit. Me too. I haven't watched this uh, weeks, but I haven't watched any of season two of Barry, which I've heard has been great. It has been great. Uh, do you remember Noho Hank? Because he's probably the best character on television right now. <laughs> he's so mm. he's so funny. Uh, Remind me who that he's is. He's the bald guy, the Chechenian, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a, a really funny character in the first season. Yeah, he's hilarious, and he's just getting better as the show goes on. So definitely, I think they're what three, four episodes in now, something like that. 
Definitely, if you have resubbed to HBO for Game of Thrones, just take the time to go ahead and marathon the first season of Barry and start season two. It's it's very good. It's very funny. I'm jealous. I will someday watch season two of Barry, but today is not that day. Anyway, also, I told you before we started recording, I was watching some of Cobra Kai season two because that's available now on YouTube if you have premium. And it's not great. It's not bad. It's <laughs> it's all right. Uh, but I am more or less just watching it for the novelty of how bizarre it is that a TV show exists like however many years later based on this uh, 80s movie that I remember watching as a kid. So <laughs> I, I want to keep watching it if only for the nostalgia factor. It's How many episodes is it? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. They, they did the ne- Netflix thing of dumping the entire thing all at once. So you can just mm-hmm. marathon this whole thing right now. But uh, yeah, there's... It's not the best written show. And I was telling you before we started recording, a a lot of the time I'll kind of roll my eyes because I'll be like, you know what? Teenagers just don't talk like this. Also, there are some characters and some situations where it's just like, I know you're doing this because you feel like you have to, but also nobody is this socially inept. (laughs) Um, so there's weird stuff like that that you kind of have to get through and also Ralph Macchio is just not a good actor so (laughs) there's that but otherwise there's some merit to the show still it is still somewhat entertaining so I'm gonna I guess I'm gonna finish it because I did start it so there's that but what I'm more excited about talking about is the game I've been playing lately and it's called Katana Zero. A lot of buzz about this game. It's so good. I I actually did finish it. Um, I played it over, I think, the last weekend. And I, I put up a little uh, plug for our Instagram. I put up a few clips of gameplay on our Instagram that you can go check out. It's... It's a lot of fun. It's... I don't even know how to de- describe it because... It's a side-scrolling game where you're playing the samurai and you basically have to flawlessly go through these floors, taking out bad guys, and your the core mechanics of it are you, of course, have your katana that you can hack and slash enemies with, and you have a slow-down time mechanic where... Um, if somebody shoots a gun at you, you can slow down time and do an attack with your katana and it will reflect the bullet back at them. And then you have a dodge roll um, in which you get, I imagine, invincibility frames while you're doing that. So those are your core tools. And then so you have to figure out how to flawlessly get through each floor or level. And there's a little bit of puzzle to it sometimes trying to get it just right and also everything is a one hit kill so when you hit somebody it's a one hit kill and when they hit you it's a one hit kill so if but you restart instantly so if you die you basically start right at the very beginning and there's this whole like VHS tape sort of aesthetic to it it's very sort of 80s or I guess 90s inspired and so there's a great synthwave soundtrack to it 
I I love it. It's a great game. I want to get it. I just haven't had the time to play it, but it's something I definitely will pick up. Yeah, and I want to do a video on it, so be on the lookout for that. Hopefully, we'll be able to get that soon. But anyway, why don't you give us your parting wisdom? Uh, I should always, I should really like come up with these before you ask me because <laughs> now I'm on the spot. Um, I would say my parting wisdom is this happened to me recently. I feel like something has happened to me recently that trail mix is pretty good. It is. Yes. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, I kept <laughs> expecting that to go somewhere. Okay. I was literally looking at things on my desk. I So I tried those Taco Bell chips. Are you aware of these? No. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I sent a snap. I don't, I don't remember when it was. It was like maybe two I, weeks yeah. ago. But yeah. I was in CVS, and I saw, I was like, wait a minute. That looks basically like a big hot sauce pack from Taco Bell, but they were <laughs> chips. And so I finally tried them the other day, and they're pretty good. I would recommend them. I I tried out recently uh, Canada Dry came out with a ginger ale and orange aid soda. Interesting. Which is pretty good, I have to That's say. That's like the kind of thing that we would have uh, gotten to drink during our God of War playthrough. Yeah. <laughs> you remember those days. It, pro- it tastes better than that garbage we got. <laughs> I remember instant like drinking it and instant be- instantly being like, I don't like this. <laughs> I powered through some of them, but yeah, it was it was definitely more fun to just like get some snacks and play God yeah. of War. So we never finished that playthrough, but there is no uh, like half a let's play of God of War on our YouTube channel. <laughs> if you want to go look at that someday, we will let's play a full thing. Yeah, one of these days we'll get around to it, but. We should wrap it up, though. We should. So follow us on Twitter at Starside Cafe. Follow us on Instagram. I post some gameplay stuff there every once in a while or like a thumbnail for whatever our latest video is. So uh, go follow us there. Uh, you can check us out on starsidecafe.com, which is where we post reviews and uh, recommendations for TV and movies and stuff like that. So check that out. Uh, give this a, a like and a comment or a review if you're listening on iTunes. Check out our YouTube channel, and we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.